This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast to support the show. And you can get access to ad-free episodes, our Discord, our Facebook page, all that good stuff. Bonus episodes. Bonus episodes. And we have so many interesting things to talk about because all most of the things I wanted to discuss with you are things that seem to break out of our atheist bubble and actually hit the mainstream media as well, which is nice to see every once in a while. Interesting. Let's hear it. Interesting bad. Oh, bad. Oh, okay. I mean, they're talking about it because it's like, oh, this shit's really bad for everybody. Okay, let's hear it. All right. Let's start with this story taking place in Alabama. Uh, If you've heard about it, it's because a decision made by the Alabama Supreme Court was so batshit crazy And to understand what they ruled, why it's important, let me give you some backstory here. Between 2013 and 2016, three sets of parents in Alabama, they underwent in vitro fertilization treatments, Mm -hmm. hoping it would lead to the birth of a child. Mm -hmm. Um, While some of those embryos were then implanted into the patient's bodies and led to successful births, Others were placed in a, quote, cryogenic nursery, which (laughs) is fine. That's what they call it. Like... Let me back up for a little bit. If you do IVF treatments, mm-hmm. it's surgery. There's surgery involved to retrieve the eggs mm-hmm. from the woman. And, like, when you do that, you don't just take one. You're doing surgery. You don't want to do, like, repeated surgeries. You take several. Mm-hmm. You fertilize them. You get them ready to go. Some of them may not work out. You can test out which ones have the best chance of making mm-hmm. it. And then you implant that one back into uh the woman, and hopefully it gives birth to a baby that is what everyone wants. Mm -hmm. Then the question is, what do you do with the rest of those Mm -hmm. uh, fertilized eggs? They might hold on to them in this, quote, cryogenic nursery for some extended period of time, because what if you want another kid? Mm -hmm. They they don't want to do another surgery. They'll say, well, we already got your eggs. Let's just check them out. Let's see if those are ones we can implant back in. Mm -hmm. What if the one they implanted doesn't work? That happens a lot. You don't want to spend way even more money. It's already expensive. Mm -hmm. You don't want to spend more money to do it all again. They'll just say, well, let's go back to the ones we took from you. Let's try a different one. Mm -hmm. It's already emotionally draining as is. Oh, I can't not imagine. Right. So in this case, these parents, some of these uh, eggs, they led to birth. Mm -hmm. Great. That's what everyone wanted. The rest of their embryos were placed in this nursery Mm -hmm. at a place called the Center for Reproductive Medicine. They basically remained frozen until further notice. Okay, here's where things go weird. In 2020, a patient at the hospital, because they have a fertilization like clinic and they have an actual hospital, a patient at the hospital somehow slipped into the fertility clinic via an unsecured doorway and got access to the freezer. He removed the embryos and then probably because they're literally freezing cold didn't realize how it's not like you accidentally held on to ice. Yeah. It's colder. Yeah. Like he picks them up is like, Oh no, it's cold and drops them. And the embryos were destroyed. How many? Uh, How many? Like these three parents worth of embryos. So several of them. Oh, my God. Um, The three sets of parents eventually sued the Center for Reproductive Medicine and the group overseeing it, which is called the Mobile Infirmary Association. Basically, what they said is the hospital's negligence Mm -hmm. by letting this dude make his way into the clinic, that led to the destruction of their embryos. 
And that, they said, was a violation of Alabama's Wrongful Death Act, which involves minors. You're not allowed to kill a minor. There are strict uh, oh, rules but, against but that. But you can kill, you can kill everyone adult, else. Yes. It's no problem. But basically, to put that another way, they sued the hospital for killing their embryos, arguing that life begins at conception, not birth. That was the argument. Well, okay. All right. I, w- I want to keep listening, but I'm not sure that just because they are suing on behalf of these embryos necessarily means they are these. I mean, I guess you said if they're un- if they're suing under a specific act. They're saying, yeah, the what did the hospital do wrong? Because the hospital's argument sure. is, one, they could argue this is an accident or they could try to settle and just say, look, we made a mistake. It was wrong. Right. Whatever. But they're saying, no, you violated this law specifically. Mm-hmm. And so the hospital said, no, you got to reject this lawsuit because embryos are not people. The law applies to people. Right. And in fact, in 2022, a circuit court judge said that. She's, she agreed. She wrote a, fr- a frozen embryo isn't a minor child, right. which is the text of the law. Right. So the law, the law doesn't apply in this situation. So if they do apply it, that means in legal terms. You're saying an embryo would be a minor child, I which see. is insane. Yes. So the plaintiffs appealed that decision, mm-hmm. and it went to the Alabama Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And this week, the Alabama Supreme Court reversed the ruling... And they said on a seven to two vote, all Republicans, by the way, but it was still a seven to two vote. What? They said that embryos are indeed minor children, basically saying that unborn children fall under the definition of minor child. Zoinks. And therefore, the families have every right to sue the clinic under that law. Doesn't mean the plaintiffs won yet. But they can proceed with their case. I see. But the fact that they said, oh, yeah, it's fine. That's what made headlines everywhere Mm -hmm. because, well, we'll get into the implications of all of this. But the reason I brought it up here is because just as disturbing as that decision is what one judge in particular in the majority, that seven-member majority, he said, yeah, I agree with the decision, but I want to offer my own opinion as to why it's correct. And okay. so he wrote a concurring opinion. This is this happens to be Chief Justice Tom Parker of the Alabama Supreme Court, who said, yeah, yeah, I agree with what my buddy here wrote, but let me give you my own take on it. Okay. That's the one that I was like, oh, shit, this is, this is messed up. Because he could not stop bringing religion into the picture oh, no. when explaining the sanctity of unborn life. Mm. And let me read you some of the stuff he wrote. The Alabama's the Alabama Constitution's recognition that human life is an endowment from God emphasizes a foundational principle of English common law. Da, 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 da. Uh, English? Engl- uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that part's fine. But it's he's like the Alabama Constitution says human life comes from God. So let me continue. Mm. He says this principle has deep roots that reach back to the creation of man in the image of God. Oh boy. Then he cites Genesis. Sure. Uh huh. All the way back. Then eh? he says, finally, the doctrine of the sanctity of life is rooted in the sixth commandment. You shall not murder. So we're getting there. And then he concludes. <laughs> He's like, see, it says it in the Ten Commandments. You can't kill. So I'm right. Okay. Then he continues. In summary, the theologically based view of the sanctity of life adopted by the people of Alabama encompasses the following. One, God made every person in his image. Two, Each person, therefore, has a value that far exceeds the ability of human beings to calculate. And three, 
human life cannot be wrongfully destroyed without incurring the wrath of a holy God who views the destruction of his image as an affront to himself. And the law says that this is true of unborn human life, no less than all other human life. That even before birth, all human beings bear the image of God and their lives cannot be destroyed without effacing his glory. And then the last thing he writes. Um, we believe that each human being from the moment of conception is made in the image of God. We is doing a lot of heavy lifting here. Sure. Created by him to reflect his likeness. It is as if the people of Alabama took what was spoken of the prophet Jeremiah and applied it to every unborn person in this state. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Dot, dot, dot. Carving out an exception for the people in this case, small as they were, would be unacceptable to the people of this state who have required us to treat every human being in accordance with the fear of a holy God who made them in his image. Yeah, no, this all sounds like right out of a law book. Yeah, <laughs> nothing says rule of law like citing your personal mythology that no one's allowed to question yeah. as justification for your extremist interpretation of a law. And also, I, I mean, listen, this is not a fresh take, but truly this guy is talking talking about how important it is to honor all of God's, the people of God's image. And what, like, how is Alabama with childcare and healthcare oh. and like oh, infant well. mortality and maternal mortality? Like these things. This would be the same quote pro-life Supreme Court that recently allowed a man to be executed by nitrogen hypoxia, which mm. is an experimental method never before tried on humans. And according to, to uh, people who witnessed it, it was a disaster. It, I, I've heard about this. And it they're going to do it again soon. They sure are, because you got to kill people. You, you gotta. just simply have to. Well, they were made in the image of but, God. Can't but, have that. But not if it's unborn. <laughs> I, yeah. As someone put on Twitter, not me, but someone else put on Twitter, if you're inside a uterus, you are protected. If you have a uterus, you are not. Uh, yeah, because this, man, oh man, this blows so far past you know, pro-choice and things like that. This is just a, oh God, it's just a projection of all of our like worldly insecurities onto these like inanimate objects for all intents right. and purposes. And that Christian privilege seems to be unreported in stories about this decision mm. because they just went with the, uh, this is kind of messed up when we're talking about embryos, but they're not really mentioning the God aspect of it. You can't, separate those from the story. Like, if a non-Christian used similar logic, for lack of a better word, it would be the only focus of this story. Um, notice that this guy, Parker, the chief justice who wrote this concurring opinion, Tom Parker, he uses we as synonymous with the people of Alabama, as mm -hmm. if an Alabama law passed by conservative Christian Republicans truly represents everybody rather than a select group of fundamentalists. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, Tom Parker uh, has a history of doing this. Last year, he welcomed Christian nationalist Sean Foyt to the state with what amounted to a sermon celebrating Jesus. Um, he's been in the news this week because there was an interview where he's pushing for the Seven Mountains mandate, saying Christians need to take over every aspect of sure. society. That's just this guy. He's one member of this nine-member court. However... One, he's the chief justice. Two, his colleagues are, they hold the same view, even if they're not as open about their right. religion. 
Um, but here's the effects of this ruling. This is why this is so disturbing. There are five main fertility clinics in Alabama. Okay. And according to this decision now, they can be sued over embryos that are not implanted mm-hmm. for whatever reason if someone feels like those embryos have been destroyed, mm-hmm. which means the solution for these clinics is, well, we're going to extract multiple eggs from somebody and then we have to keep them frozen indefinitely. Mm, and under lock and key. Under lock and key, which, I mean, yes, they should be under lock and key. But indefinitely, but it, like, what if you did that mm-hmm. and then you have, and then you're dead and then you have grandkids or something. And those grandkids are like, I want to get those eggs back oh, somehow. Jesus. Like, how long do they have to keep them frozen? Also, what if, the like, the embryo is found. You know what? This one is not viable, yeah. so we're not going to implant it in somebody. But then you have to have a full Catholic funeral. Yeah. I mean, what do you do with it mm-hmm. at that point? Everybody can talk about the things they loved about this embryo and how this embryo impacted their life. Yeah. Um, and then everybody can pray and cry. We had a and... great camping trip together. <laughs> us and this embryo. I mean, which means those clinics will probably shut down. To, oh, do you I think? Mean, yes. Some of them have already said, we know where this is heading. Even though they did not, the plaintiffs did not win the lawsuit yet. We know where this is going, mm-hmm. so they've already hit pause on doing all fertility treatments. Cool. Which means if you already paid money to have it done, uh, you're not finishing that process right now. Um, the way this decision was written, even if the Republicans running Alabama passed a new law saying, no, it's cool, IVF is okay, mm. it would still, according to this ruling, be deemed unconstitutional. So they're already proactively saying, yeah, you're not allowed to do IVF, which is the logical extension of Christian pro-life arguments. Like, they find this to be deeply immoral. So does the Catholic Church. I mean, is this is this going to have to be the I have a gay son of 2005? Like, like I have a friend who has done IVF. I have fine. kids through IVF, and uh-oh, what if, like... I don't think it'll work, though, because it's not a new argument. This is on the fringes of the pro-life movement, or I, it has been in the but past. But I guess I'm saying... But the argument that, no, 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 that's also a baby, that must be protected, they've been opposed to IVF forever. Right, but I am saying... And now it's coming. But but I am saying, like, this is the thing that has to... I guess it wasn't a good comparison. This is the thing that has to happen neg- to negatively impact enough people to realize, oh, this is actually a big deal. And Among the I, religious, Christian, right, evangelical because world. Because I truly feel like IVF is probably going to be a tipping point. I, I think if they're going to come for IVF, I think they're going to meet a lot of resistance, not just because of its morale, like the morality of it is whatever. We're but recording this on Thursday. Nikki Haley was asked about it on Wednesday night and mm-hmm. again on Thursday morning. She gave two totally separate answers. First, she said, yeah, I agree with the decision. Embryos are people, my friend. And then this morning, she's like, oh, no, I'm fine with IVF. Oh, like she doesn't, her last she night? doesn't know how to answer the question. They asked Tim Scott about it while he was campaigning for Trump. His answer, he walked away from the microphone. Like, they don't know how to deal with this because it's obviously an idiotic ruling and Republicans don't like facing the consequences of their extremists, uh, of their base extremists. Yeah, I I really, I would really, really, really like to see what, like, in the GOP headquarters, you know, with their big round table, like in uh, Dr. Strangelove, what is their game? Is it to eliminate IVF? 
that is what the extreme. That's what the pro-life base wants. They want to eliminate IVF. They've always found it deeply immoral, even though many Christians, many Catholics, have taken advantage of that in order to have babies. Well, and so, they just don't care. You know, it's a funny thing about this versus abortion is like. If you get an abortion, it's very easy to never tell anybody that you don't want to tell. If you have kids through IVF, it uh, might be a little bit trickier to keep that particular thing under wraps if, you know, you have two human children walking around, yeah. <laughs> like, who are, in yeah. fact, born. Um, the Medical Association of the State of Alabama actually predicted all of this, to, and they said it to the court before the ruling. They said the increased exposure to wrongful death liability, which is what the plaintiffs want— it would, at best, substantially increase the costs associated with IVF. More, omin- uh, excuse me, more ominously, the increased risk of legal exposure might result in Alabama's fertility clinics shutting down mm-hmm. and fertility specialists moving to other states mm-hmm. to practice fertility medicine. And they said, they laid it out clearly, parents pay to store unused embryos, but sometimes embryos are destroyed or donated for research mm-hmm. if... There are genetic problems or if they are unlikely to develop normally in a uterus. Um, Requiring fertility clinics to store all unused embryos forever would push up the cost for patients. And that's just one side of it. Because if you just say, fine, we'll house them forever because we have a business to run here. But we're putting that cost on you Mm -hmm. to keep the storage going, mm-hmm. it's going to price out. It's already expensive. We're talking like, what, ten dollars to $30,000 to get the treatment. It would price out even people who have saved up to do that, um, meaning more people who are infertile, can't have kids for whatever reason, would be locked out of it in Alabama. But again, keep in mind, the big issue with this is what the Alabama Supreme Court did is the logical extension of what the anti-abortion movement wants, mm. which means if Republicans have total power, this isn't going to stay in Alabama. Of course it's not. It's going to go everywhere. And by the way, we talked about uh, Dusty Devers. He's a GOP state senator now in Oklahoma. Mm. We talked about him last year. Because, uh, Sorry, we talked about him, yeah, in December because he was running for a special election and he won it mm. and he's now a state senator. But before that election came around, He was in the news because he delivered a sermon railing against IVF, saying that embryos were incarcerated in frozen prisons. He referred to them as cryo-orphans. He urged the audience to... Cryo-orphans, I remember. He urged the audience to love their embryonic neighbors. He argued that parents who used IVF were waging an assault against God. Oh, that's big. Last November, we talked about this too. A Catholic church in Florida, uh, there was a woman who wanted to rent space. Like, just for a secular reason, she's like, you have a good space, can I rent it? And they said, no, we saw on Facebook that you celebrate your IVF babies, and we can't have that. So, in 2013, I had to look this up, only 12% of Americans in 2013, a decade ago, mm. the most, which is the most recent I could find, mm. 12% of Americans said IVF was morally wrong. Only 12%. I don't know if I would be pitting all my political hopes and dreams on on 12% of the population. But that's now the basis for Alabama law, thanks to GOP lawmakers and their allies on the Supreme Court. And by the way, um, there's already proof the decision is reverberating because right-wing group Liberty Council, they already called on Florida. Like, hey, why are you lagging on this? Alabama got it done. Why haven't you got it done? So they're trying to speed this up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The right-wing loves this decision. This has to be a losing argument. They don't care. 
Why? I mean, they don't they think care. they're right. Yeah, they think they're right. They think this has to happen. And the, I mean, listen, if Democrats are smart, which is a big if, <laughs> this would be a losing argument for Republicans. They should absolutely hammer home that Republicans are coming after, yeah, abortion rights, we already know, mm-hmm. but also IVF. They're going after all of this stuff, and they don't want to limit it to, like, crazy red states. Mm-hmm. They're coming it after it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um and these right wing, the again, the more right wing groups in an already right wing base, mm-hmm. they're already celebrating it. They're calling for more red states to do what Alabama has done because mm. um, they already know we got the legislature to get this stuff passed. We have the trifecta we need. We have the uh, judges yep. to maintain it. So keep going. Let's make it impossible for anything except, I don't know, missionary style Truly. conceived babies. Uh, to naturally be born to straight parents and <laughs> straight also white parents. Say, yes, they have to be white. That's a rule. Well, I mean, I, I, I've talked about this a lot of that they are, they being the GOP or right wing, however you want to, whatever. They are paring down their audience little by little, right? Like, obviously, you have to be white, you have to be straight, you have to be evangelical. Now you have to be pro choice, which fine. Now you have to be anti-IVF, which, again, I want to be so clear about, like, the potential consequences of just imagining somebody being so... It's going to happen, but imagine the hypocrisy that we're going to find out about in terms of, like... How many of these Republicans have had IVF? Because, listen... Every time they accuse anybody of doing anything, they're doing it themselves tenfold. Oh, yeah, it's all projection. That's the platform for the GOP. So Democrats are raping children. No, that's mostly Republicans in general. That's Matt Gaetz. Yeah. Yeah, Like... (laughs) I, uh, But... Allegedly. Yeah, how... uh, You know, the... Who who is it? Dennis Dennis Hastert. Hastert, who was, like, Speaker of the House... For a while. Violently anti-gay. Turned out he was like courting men in airport bathrooms or whatever. Oh, no. That was a different one. Oh, that was a that? different Republican. Okay. But anyway, the po- oh, that one is the guy who is literally a child molester, right? The one yeah. you brought up? Yeah. yeah. So, but, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like all of these people have all of these beliefs, but you're like getting it down to really hardcore ones that some people just cannot get on board for because they have used the thing and abortion is an easy thing to hide and pretend you fucked up and you never do it again i get why people can do that having kids with ivf is going to be deeply hard for anybody to be like actually this was a bad decision and actually like i would give i would rather have 20 frozen embryos right now than the two human children i have mm-hmm. that's what it sounds like to me and i'm not sure you're gonna get there was a lot out of that argument. Several years ago, there was a one of those rhetorical questions that goes on uh, that goes viral in certain Somebody communities. Somebody throws a Christian baby at you, and you're yeah, about like to on a plane. win the World Series when you hit it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. It was one of those, and the question was, uh, "You're in a fertility clinic that catches on yes. fire. Would you rather save like 500 of the fertilized eggs or the one five-year-old sitting in front of you?" Mm. Um, and I forgot the specifics of how everyone uh, fought that one out. But that's the point. Of course, that's a dumb argument. Yeah. You save the child. You don't worry about the eggs. Right. Um, and yet, according to this, nope, it's murder. It could be uh, prosecuted for murder. 
And now the plaintiffs have a case they could make, and we'll can see how that plays out. Can they prosecute doctors for... Is this going to be an abortion thing all over again? Prosecute the doctors oh, for... 100% they're going to go after the doctors and fertility mm-hmm. technicians and people who have to do this, because what if in the process of doing this, I don't know, the embryo doesn't work out, it's not viable, or they thought it was viable, then it's not. Like, it's not safe to be a fertility doctor no. in Alabama. And again, I think one university said, yeah, we're, we're going to pause right now. Mm. We haven't shut down because we haven't seen the end result, but we know where this is going. What so if they this, stopped what they're doing. I know this isn't going to happen, but what if this negatively impacts Alabama's population long term? Like no. all, all of a sudden they're like, birth rates are low. Both birth rates are bottoming <laughs> out. We can't replace our working population and nobody wants to move to Alabama. Means, and if we have no children, who's going to work in the mines? Oh, it's children of men. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, like it's not. I was about to reference a movie I've never seen. It's not like all the college graduates are rushing to move to Alabama or Mississippi (laughs) or any of these states with hard right policies. Mm. Um, So yeah, the brain drain is happening. If they're not uh, having more babies because people just don't want to live there because it's not safe, it yeah it'll hurt them long term. Will IVF do it? Maybe not. But again, it's the what do you value? Where? What are you trying to do? Yeah. The people you want in your state, the experts, the people who can help you live a better life, in this case, these fertility doctors. They want a better clinic, life. Uh, they're the ones who are like, well, I'm good at what I do, so I'm going to go to a state where I'm valued. It's not Alabama. What is the... Okay, now I'm kind of spiraling, because I said they don't want a better life, and I really believe that, but now I'm just trying to figure out, what do they want? Who? These people. These people being... Like, I, like, when I see this kind of decision, it means they are making life actively worse for many, many, many people. I, okay, and why they, is that something they are going for? What they want for? to have happen, with no regard for like, the who, science or the medicine here, they're saying, no, you just extract one egg and you can do IVF. We're not saying you can't do IVF. You could take one egg at a time and then fertilize it and implant it back into the uterus. And it's like, if... It's if it's like not viable, then you're forcing a woman bodies. to give birth to an unviable fetus. Uh-huh. Let's say it has a problem. It, we don't think it's going to work out. Or you're forcing a woman to give birth to something that we don't, that the doctors know yeah, will not be result in what they want. Um, and what happens if it just doesn't work naturally? Then what do they got to do? They got to do more surgery and go in again. You don't do this one at a time. Like, this is what the experts will tell you. No, you take several eggs. You can test them to see if they're going to work mm-hmm. and or which ones yeah, will give you the best chance for it. Centrifuges for this. And Yeah, and then we could decide, like, this one will give us the best chance. We'll take our chance with this one. And, again, with the rest of them, we'll keep them frozen until we've decided what to do or what the family decides they want to do. But again, the, like the Supreme Court Friends, is not listening. They had three viable yeah. embryos. Right. In, in this decision, they do not care what the medical experts say about any of this because they're not making this decision based on what the doctors say is best for the patients, what the uh, other experts in the field say is mm-hmm. best for the patients. They're doing what they want because apparently this is their interpretation of the Bible, so that's it. We're done. Right. I, uh, I listen to a podcast called uh, Tenfold More Wicked, which I really like. Um, and they she did is it's a historic true crime series. It's very good. Um, and because she, she interviews the descendants of the people she's reporting about to hear kind of the family stories. Anyway, they did a story about a guy who 
the whole argument was, was he insane or not insane? And she had, you know, legal experts on and they kept talking about something that I, ne- I guess I knew inherently, but never thought about is like insanity is not something that is declared by a doctor or a psychiatrist or a therapist. It's declared by the courts. Mm. And so you, what we have now is a system of people who are not experts in a field using their gut judgment or whatever to be like, mm, no, he feels crazy to me. And this feels like the same way. It, it's a lot of inexperts. I know what's best for you. That's exactly it. I'm like, a Christian. Exactly. And <laughs> it's just like, oh, maybe we shouldn't offset these decisions to just like a guy who got pulled for jury duty. Yeah. Maybe that maybe this is a little bit bigger than than Jerry having to miss two days at the FedEx to do to sit on jury duty. You would think. That's it for this story, I think. I don't know, it's man. Disturbing. I I'm happy to see more people talking about it because it's a disturbing decision. Yeah, it was headline making. It's messed up. I think I had a dream that somebody did a story on this and they quoted this podcast, and As it was ju- it was just us being these fucking assholes doing <laughs> bullshit. Unquote. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. like it. Let's talk I was about. Like, it. Wow, we, we made it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Between coaching, dealing with kids, and immersing myself in the news, one thing is clear. I feel like I never have any time for myself. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? Can you even imagine that? Well, if you know what's important to you, you can prioritize. And therapy can help you learn how to do that. Talking about what matters to you with a professional is such a useful way to understand yourself better so you can make the most of your time. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can help you make the most of your time no matter where you're starting from. Whether you've been through something rough or just want an outsider's perspective on whatever you're going through, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and flexible enough for anyone's schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com atheist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash atheist. Last weekend, I had my in-laws over and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You too can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at butcherbox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com friendly and use code FRIENDLY to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Let's talk about Sam Alito. So... This week, uh-huh. he also he made a crazy decision. The, here's the good news, I guess. The Supreme Court was asked to take up a case involving discrimination 
um, that involves a same-sex couple, that involves Christians, they're not going to hear the case. That's the good news. Okay, I didn't see this headline. What was the case? In dismissing the case and saying we're not going to hear it, Sam Alito, very conservative justice, was like, yeah, fine, I agree, we're not going to hear the case. However, however, I'm going to chime in with five pages of why I'm still very disturbed by all of this. And if you read that, it's like, oh no, this looks very bad. Okay, Okay, so I'm going to tell you the backstory of this case because it's important. The case that we were talking about, it involves a corrections officer. Her name is Jean Finney. She described herself in court documents in court as a lesbian who presents masculine. Mm -hmm. And in 2010, one of her female work colleagues was transferred to a different location. And because they're not working in the same building anymore, the two of them began a relationship. Then, after she was transferred out, they're not working together. Okay. Okay. Well, it turns out another person who works with Jean Finney in that same place is her ex-husband, John. Okay. You following me so far? Yeah. All three of them worked together for like 10 years. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, John and Jean broke up, like, early in the, like, 2000s. Okay. Then they still worked together for several years. Sounds fun. And then in 2010, that female work colleague was transferred out. Mm -hmm. Those two, Jean and that female colleague, begin a relationship. John is furious. Uh, He's furious. Why is he furious? I don't know, but he mad. He's, the ex-husband is mad. The ex-husband because is Because his mad. wife is dating somebody? I don't know what, initially if it's she's dating somebody or she's dating a woman, but he, he was mad either way. This is all part of I'm the sorry, Missouri Department. What you're about to tell yeah. me, this story made it up to the Supreme Court. Oh, yeah. This is the Missouri Department of Corrections. And so basically, I after Gene Finney begins a relationship mm-hmm. with this other woman, John begins harassing his ex-wife. He sends her derogatory text messages with anti-gay slurs. Nice. He keeps information from her that makes her job more difficult. Oh, professional. Uh-huh. He threatens... So great. Uh-huh. He threatens to report her friends in the building to authorities for, for, no, legal re- for no reason. Just like, so I'm going to get them in trouble. Vaguely threatening. Yes. Cool. And at first, she did not say anything, hoping like, I'll, I'll keep Ignore the Ignore it. He'll go away. Yes. In 2016, when it became too much to ignore, she filed two formal complaints against him with the Missouri Department of Corrections. Okay. Nothing happened. They did not investigate this. What? That's so weird because usually these people really want to protect women. Uh, Remember the last story that we're all worried (laughs) about protecting women? Yeah. The second time she complained, she actually asked, like, her superior, like, the warden at the prison. uh, He then complained on her behalf... Good. Saying, like, I fear John is going to bring a gun to the office to kill her, partly because he can't handle the fact she's in a same-sex relationship. And Hey, he, this is what we... If anybody's wondering <laughs> what fragile masculinity is, yeah. this is what it looks like. The warden, the her superior, Jean's superior, determined that John was creating a harassing, discriminatory, and retaliatory work environment for her yeah. based on her sexual orientation. That's how serious the misconduct was. And the Department of Corrections did not seem to care. So then, at that point, Jean Finney, she sues the Department of Corrections. Good. She says they're violating the Missouri Human Rights Act by allowing the harassment to go on, creating a hostile work environment, all because of her gender and her sexual orientation. How come John wasn't fired? Uh, if he... Other issues, I don't know all the case. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. But the case goes to trial now because she's suing the Department of Corrections saying you're violating Missouri law. Mm-hmm. So 
none of this has to do with the issue at hand. Here's what happened. This case goes to trial. Mm -hmm. She's suing the Department of Corrections. Mm -hmm. The case, uh, both sides now have to settle on jurors to hear the case. This is what the story is about. Because they got to select jurors to hear this uh, this case. Okay. And what happens when you were trying to select jurors is both sides, both sets of lawyers, they can ask questions. Mostly they want to know, are you going to be impartial? Right. Are you going to hear this case fairly? Do you have strong opinions coming into this? Yeah. And so one of the questions they were asked is, uh, you know, do you have any opinions about homosexuality? Because that's kind of vital yeah. in this case. Three jurors admitted that they believe homosexuality is a sin. And, and I think a couple, well, a couple of them said like, well, I have very strong views about the Bible and the Bible says homosexuality is a sin. All three said, well, I, I believe everybody is a sinner. Um, you know, all sins are sins. And like, I will still be impartial. Mm. Do you believe them? No. Ah. So the Department of Corrections lawyers, uh, basically, they said at the time, hey, you know, you're asking about homosexuality in this case, other side's lawyers. And like... The way you're asking this, this could get into the bounds of, like, religious discrimination. But they didn't really push it. Sure. Um, At some point, Gene Finney's lawyer said, hey, we want those three Mm -hmm. excluded. We want them struck from the jury pool Mm -hmm. um, because I don't think they'll give my client a fair shake. And the judge agreed. The The judge said, yeah, I agree with you. She wanted to, she said, I wanted to err on the side of caution. Mm -hmm. And we have a ton of other jurors uh, available here. We're not lacking for options. By the way, there were other people who said, yeah, I'm a Christian. That's fine. They were in the jury pool. Mm -hmm. Um, There were people who said, "I'm, I'm deeply Christian. I'm very devout. I think at least one of those people who said that actually made it onto the jury. Hmm. But basically, they're not dismissing people for being Christian or being devout. They dismissed these three jurors for being because they said they were homophobes. Yeah. But they said, like, yeah, but I'll be impartial about it. So? Um, and again, Gene Finney's lawyer said, yeah, I don't feel comfortable with that. Please, I want to strike them down using the options I have available. And the judge said, yeah, that's fine. We'll err on the side of caution. The other side's lawyers mm-hmm. did not really object to that. They didn't, they didn't fight it. Okay. And there are ways you could fight it, but they didn't do any of them. And that's important to note. Okay. okay. So the trial goes on. They have a jury. The eventual jury says, we rule in favor of Gene Finney. We award her $175,000 in that's... non-economic damages and $100,000 in punitive damages. Wow. Because, yeah, the law was broken by the Department of Corrections. Okay. So now. The Department of Corrections lawyers, oh boy. they want a new trial, they say. Not just we lost and we want to appeal it. They're like, mm, you know, now that you've issued your verdict, uh, we want to we we start from scratch. We want a brand new trial because, they say, the blanket exclusion of certain jurors on the basis of their faith, even though they promised to be impartial, violated the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution and the Missouri Constitution and certain sections of of the Missouri Constitution. Great. That appeal was denied by the judge. So the DOC, Department of Corrections, they go up to the Missouri Court of Appeals. The Missouri Court of Appeals says, no, you you guys lost. Go away. You're not getting a new trial because you didn't like it. And specifically, and this is important, the justices at the Missouri Court of Appeals said... 
you didn't raise proper objections right. at the time. Right. And you can't retroactively complain that the jury pool was tainted. Mm-hmm. And they also pointed out... After eight months. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, they also said, like, those jurors were not excluded for being Christian, mm-hmm. but because they had strong views against homosexuality, and that's pretty relevant to this case. Yeah. And finally, they noted, there were no complaints about the 12 jurors who ultimately heard the case, mm. so it's not like justice was not served. Right? right. Like, yes. You didn't say there was something wrong with the jury that right. was eventually selected. Right. So the Maybe DOC. Maybe if we had a few homophobes in there, things would have gone our way. <laughs> so the DOC then asked the U.S. Supreme Court, hey, take us up on this. Like, let's do this. Let's do this. Give us a new trial. Is, is the DOC Missouri DOC or yes, not? Missouri okay. Department of Corrections. So they asked the U.S. Supreme Court, can you reverse this and let us have a new trial? And this week, the Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court said, yeah, we are not doing this. The the decision is there. We are not taking this up. So they denied the appeal. That's good news. Yeah. That means that original verdict in favor of Gene Finney stays. Mm-hmm. That means we're not rehashing any of this. But this is why when you dismiss a case and you, the Supreme Court just says, yeah, we're not going to hear this. Mm. It could literally be one line in a PDF they release like when they're in session. Right. Just like, yeah, we're not nah. listening to these cases. <laughs> no, thank you. But Sam Alito decided, I have concerns and I'm going to explain myself uh, because I agree we should not hear the case. And he said, why shouldn't we hear the case? Because the Department of Corrections did not properly object to the juror's dismissal at the time. So I agree. Procedurally, Alito says, we should not hear this case. However, However, here's what he wrote. And this is the part. It was five pages, but this is the, the nut of it. In this case, the court below reasoned that a person who still holds traditional religious views on questions of sexual morality is presumptively unfit to serve on a jury in a case involving a party who is a lesbian. Okay, this, Grandpa, it's time uh-huh. for bed. Then he Turn says, off Fox News. I anticipated this in Obergefell, the decision that made legalize, that legalized same-sex marriage nationwide. He said, I anticipated this, namely, that Americans who do not hide their adherence to traditional religious beliefs about homosexual conduct will be, quote, labeled as bigots and treated as such by the government. The yeah, opinion correct. of the- <laughs> The opinion of the court in that case made it clear the decision should not be used in that way, but I am afraid that this admonition is not being heeded by our society. I guarantee that there is something that is almost identical to this that came out in the 1965 Civil Rights Act (laughs) as well, of like, um, some of us are just good Christians who hate black people. I don't know why I have to be vilified for that. (laughs) It's literally the exact same fucking thing. In short, he said, when you can't exclude potential juror, like in short, even though you cannot say, I don't want this person on the jury on the basis of race or gender, Alito is saying, well, you also can't exclude them on the basis of religion. Homophobia. Oh, religion. That's Sorry. his I argument. For, I get this mixed up. That is his argument. He's saying, we know you can't say, I want that juror not on this case, not to hear this case, because he's black. You can't do that anymore. It's illegal. No. I mean, there are plenty of stories about how there are ways around that. A uh, hundo. But in, on, uh, on paper, you can't exclude someone on the basis of race or gender. Alito is saying, well, since we can't do that and that, you also can't exclude them on the basis of religion. But they didn't. But they didn't. And, and that's Alito the is a fucking they idiot. They did not exclude those jurors because they were Christian. And we know that because other jurors who said they were Christian during the voir dire and asking all the questions of them 
They were fine. They were not excluded. No one asked them to be struck from the jury pool. And in fact, one of those people who testified or who answered in court, yeah, I'm a Christian and whatever, I go to this church, here's how devout I am. That person was on the jury. This is not anti-Christian. This is anti-bigotry. And that is a very good reason when the source of that bigotry is central to the case. Mm. Of course, you should be able to get rid of those potential jurors. Mm -hmm. So, like, it doesn't matter that they said they could be impartial because we know how anti-gay churches treat this sort of thing. Everything is a sin, but some sins matter more than others. Mm -hmm. Like the Catholic Church will immediately fire teachers at Catholic schools if it's discovered they're in same-sex relationships. Yeah, it happened at a... But if a teacher quietly has an abortion or gets divorced, both of which are also forbidden by the faith. Or has a kid with IVF. Yeah. All of which is forbidden Mm -hmm. in the faith. Churches look the other way all the time. White evangelical churches regularly say homosexuality is a sin. Yes, but so is everything else. But in practice, we know what they do. They fight against LGBTQ rights and spread lies about that community, which they never do when it comes to gluttony or laziness Mm -hmm. or greed. And notice how in particular. uh, Notice Alito's euphemism too. He said the idea that LGBTQ behavior is (laughs) sinful. He said those are just tradition quote traditional religious views on questions of sexual morality, unquote. As if anti-gay bigotry is acceptable because, well, we've just believed that for a long time. And he later referred to it as traditional religious beliefs about homosexual conduct. He always quotes their hatred, mm-hmm. their bigotry as those are just traditional just religious what we views. Like to do. You guys. We go to church on Sunday, we baptize our children, and we stone the gays. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Their traditional religious views, if you want to go to the source, mm-hmm. involves the belief that practicing homosexuals should be put to death. Mm-hmm. If a man lies with a man as he lies with a woman, they mm-hmm. should be put to death. That's what the book says. Even if most modern Christians would not approve of that, they, they do believe sinners deserve to be tortured yep. for eternity in hell. Mm-hmm. Just because it's traditional doesn't make it okay. If someone said These they believe... would outlaw homosexuality if they <clears throat> thought they could do that. And it would start in Alabama. If someone said they believed homosexuality was a problem for reasons not involving religion. I would love to hear that. Then any assurances that they said, yeah, I mean, I totally hate gay people just just cause. But I'm impartial. I'm not going to hold that against this. Such a good point. Of course, that person would be struck from the jury and no one would have a question about it. But because those three jurors said, well, yeah, I mean, the Bible says it. But I mean, I'm going to be cool about it. No, then it's just because your bigotry is based on faith doesn't mean everyone should just let it slide. And no one is suggesting Christians be excluded from juries Mm -hmm. for reasons I already mentioned. If someone, though, openly admits that certain sexual orientations are sinful, certainly acting on it is sinful, then they're promised to be impartial in a case where that is central to the case. Mm -hmm. Their assurances carry very little weight. I mean... It's not complicated. Bigots should not be on a jury yeah. when the case involves the thing they're bigots about. Uh-huh. Um, I asked Andrew Seidel, uh, the constitutional attorney, what he was concerned. He actually focused on a different aspect of it, which is the part where Alito talked about the Obergefell ruling. And mm. he's like, I warned you the sky would fall if this would happen. Yeah, this um, guy really is falling. <laughs> $275,000 from the Department of Correction. <laughs> and they were willing to spend millions more fighting this. Yeah. 
Here's what Andrew's like, saying. Like, let's not forget about that. If they had gotten their way, how? I mean, how much money do you think they've spent just appealing up to the Supreme Court? Oh, it's got to be tons. In comparison to the award that they they have to give her now, it's not about money. It is about these people wanting to be bigots. So here's what Andrew said. Alito's attack on Obergefell, the decision which finally recognized marriage equality, is a haunting signal that he wants to drag our country back to a time when straight, white, conservative Christian men ruled and everybody else was a second-class citizen. Um, And I share that concern, too, which is why it's concerning to see Alito not just dismissing the case, because he agrees that it should have been dismissed, Mm -hmm. but he's like, but while I'm here, let me tell you why all of you are wrong. Like, the fact that he went out of his way to tell people, like, this is religious discrimination, Mm -hmm. even though it's, no, we're just removing bigots from the jury pool, uh, that should scare everybody, because this is where he's going with it. He thinks if your actions, whatever they are, your beliefs, whatever they are, are based in religion, mm-hmm. or if that's the argument you make publicly, mm. then any virtue, anything in public life, we cannot go against that. Which is what they're aiming for. They want to codify their personal beliefs. And, you know, they're doing an okay job of it so far. Yeah. So that's why this Alito case, uh, the Alito statement, was so disturbing. He didn't have to do it, but that's, he did it anyway. And the, the fact thing. that he did it, yeah. he chimed in just to say, how dare you exclude bigots from the jury pool? They're Christians. <sighs> uh, wild story that and sucks. scary. But I mean, overall, good news, but still. Yeah. How old is Alito? Uh, not old enough. 70-something. Uh, He's getting there. It's fun being smarter than a Supreme Court justice, it though. Is. It really helps him sleep at I night. Take, I take pride. Uh-huh. You want to talk about something fun? I guess. Okay. This one just made me laugh. It it's my favorite story because the the implicate the ramifications of it are so low. <laughs> and it, so it made me laugh. Okay, here's what happened. There's a Christian pastor. His name is Brian Houston. He's from Australia. Maybe he was born in New Zealand, but he ran this massive church in Australia called Hillsong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hillsong is huge. They have branches everywhere. The New York branch, which was led by a different guy who was problematic for other reasons, mm. that's the church like Justin Bieber went to. And that's that became where I news. knew it from, yeah. Um, so Brian Houston is the guy who spearheaded it. Uh, the guy who ran their New York affiliate, Carl Lentz, he had moral failures. Mm. Uh, there was financial and leadership failures of their Dallas affiliate. Oh, boy. Um, it's a hotbed of anti-vaxxers, sexual abuse, all this stuff. Yeah, that fun okay. stuff that ca- Christians love so much. But I'm not even here to talk about that. Like, because of... The, oh, and the other thing you need to know about Brian Houston is that in 2021, in Australia, he was arrested on charges that he concealed sexual... Uh, child sexual abuse conduct committed allegedly by his father <gasps> that he knew about it <sighs> and said nothing about it. Um, Fucking monster. But last August, he was actually acquitted of those charges. They basically said, whatever you did by not telling people that information, like it wasn't, you weren't violating the law. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into that. It's a totally different okay. story. But this is Brian Houston for you. When all that happened, Hillsong let him go. He's not part of that church anymore. He's trying to start a new church. That's Brian Houston for you. Mm-hmm. Why is Mountain this a, Sing. Why is this a funny story? Because on Tuesday night, late Tuesday night, from the Twitter account of one Brian Houston comes this tweet. Oh boy. Ladies and girls oh. kissing. And a period End of tweet. 
Is there a picture? No oh, picture, like? just four words. Women and girls. Ladies and girls L- kissing. Oh, what did do you my think dude happened? try to Google something and tweet it instead? Uh-huh. Oh, that buddy. Is, that is the theory. Oh, buddy, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> like, it might have gone unnoticed, except this guy has like 600,000 followers yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, they uh, tend to notice things. And eh? he's Brian Houston. So everyone's like... Oh, this is interesing. I mean... Screen, cr- screenshot, if, screenshot, screenshot. Oh, the screenshots. Many were taken. Uh, at least during the waking hours of people in, like, Australia and New Zealand. Because yeah. it happened when the rest of us were sleeping or something. Um, but back to ladies and girls kissing. Okay. That tweet remained up for 16 minutes. 16 minutes, okay. Yes, before it was quickly deleted. I wouldn't say quickly. <laughs> yeah, before it was deleted. And then Brian Houston chimes in, Quote, Oopsie doodle. I think my Twitter may have been hacked. <laughs> Which is amazing because 16 minutes to go from. So good. Let's talk about just that alone. 16 minutes. Let's say your Twitter account or any account, social media, oh, I think got was... hacked. When was the last time you remember someone saying, oh no, bad people broke into my social media? Click, click, it's all fixed now. And <laughs> like, also, like. I've been hacked. I've been not hacked. Like, I'm sure someone, go, I'm sure I contributed to someone getting my password. Yeah. Because yeah. I did something stupid. Right. It took like a full day to get access to my shit again. Yeah. 16 minutes, very impressive. 16 minutes is very quick. So that's one thing. Uh huh. And after he says, I think my Twitter may have been hacked, his. A parent assistant who has no social media profile chimes in and says, uh, she writes a long statement, like an apology letter note, and it says, hello, everyone. Thank you for your concern. I'm Pastor Brian's assistant here. Rest assured, we are working on discovering how he was hacked. Our team has ascertained that someone logged into his account from a location within the USA. We have changed his password, so here's hoping they no longer have access. Please disregard anything that seems out of the normal. For your safety, remember, Pastor Brian does not contact anyone privately. Thank you. That's a shady thing to say <laughs> at the end Please disregard there. anything that seems out of the normal. It's a very strange request for a dude whose behavior is always out of the normal. Honestly, I think I would like that as a blanket statement for myself. <laughs> if I seem out of the order, don't worry about it. Don't worry yes. about it. I'll be better tomorrow. Why? Okay, let's go back to, let's say his account was hacked. Why would you hack a prominent Ladies. pastor's profile of all the things you could do to destroy a guy and say... I'm totally going to post four words that make it look like he was searching for adult content online, and then I'm done. I mean, at least and we know I'm he's a pedophile <laughs> now, right? Like, that's pretty Yeah, I was wondering that, too, open, like, searching open. for girls. Like, is that just the slang term you're using here? Or uh, like, I don't eh. think girls is a slang term, Hammond. I think well, girls is just a description of minor female humans. <laughs> that's, so that's one thing. Again, why would you go through all the trouble of hacking this guy's profile to post forward? Why not change the password? Why not post an image if you really wanted to do it? We know why. We do know why. I'm just saying, if there was a hacker, there are far more troubling things you could have done. Who recovers from a hack in 16 minutes? I don't know. Why was he... By the way, there are images of someone who said, you know, back in the day, we noticed that on Instagram, Brian Houston was following... A certain account. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know the name of the account he was following? Ladies and girls kissing? Girls kissing. Oh. That is correct. Oh, and by the way, another thing Brian Houston then tweeted and deleted. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, this is from him this time. This is, uh, this is, hello, everyone. Thanks again for your concern. It's from his assistant again, but Brian Houston is the one passing this along. But he includes a screenshot this time saying, you guys, look. Even 
uh, Twitter knows we got hacked. And here's what it says. I'm so excited. The subject line, security alert, new or unusual Twitter login, which is normal. Like if someone logs in and they're from another country and it doesn't seem like it would be you. Yeah, I get those like once a week from Facebook. But here's what it says. We noticed an attempt to log into your account. That seems suspicious. Was this you? And it's from Phoenix, Arizona with this device. They're like, look, Does it have guys, a name and date? it's not us. Is it timestamped? Um, you know, the timestamp is not. Uh, huh. I take that. Well, it says yesterday. I don't know what that was. Yeah. But here's the huh. thing. Brian Houston's Twitter name is Brian C. Houston. But according to this thing, they screenshotted and posted. We noticed an attempt to log on to your account at Brian Houston 38619. That oh, seems suspicious. Like, buddy, you just not posted a... a different account. Like, oh, that ain't the so one. Bad at they're so this. bad at this. Okay. So this is, that's why he deleted this one too, I assume. Like, wow. buddy, we all know that you're not even trying to cover your tracks. And also, like, just don't say anything. Just, don't just say take anything. the L, man. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. The obvious alternative theory is, yeah, he just thought it was Google. Yeah. <laughs> he thought it was Pornhub. And then he's, like, posting this. And he's like, oh, no, it's Twitter. And 16 <sighs> minutes later, when he's done, he's like, oh, no. Wait, how? What happened in those 16 minutes? Oh, I can think of many things that well, happened in 16 like minutes. Well, he just, like, closed Twitter, opened like, Pornhub or whatever, and, and typed it there, and then, like, finished, and, and went back to Twitter and was like, like oh, oh, it was public? Whoops. Well, at least like, now we know how long it takes him to J.O. Right? He's 70, man. Good for you. Like, no wow. one's accusing him of being tech-savvy, but, like, he wouldn't he's be the... 70? He's 70? Sorry, he, that was a twist I did be not see the, coming. He wouldn't be the first person who didn't realize his private searches were actually public. Of, Ted Cruz did that a while ago, where he course. liked an oh, adult porn, content. Yeah. Yep. In fact, this week, Idiots. a former Australian politician uh, did the exact same thing and then used the same excuse. I was hacked. Like, so and look, guys. you got to give this guy some credit. Like, it's a lot easier to be careless when you're typing with one hand. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. But let me raise a different stupid. question. Stupid. If you assume he was performing a search that he accidentally did on Twitter, because yeah. old people do that sort of thing. Yeah. What the hell sort of search is that? Uh, he Lady, likes like, lesbians? It's, but then that type, sounds like an old man thing to say. Ladies and girls, kiss like, it. That's the thing. If you're searching for that, really? Is that the search term you're using? That's like going to Pornhub Sorry, and typing we're kink in. we shaming now? Yes. That's like going into Pornhub and like, boob. <laughs> like... Can I find some sex? Like one sex, please. Yes. Like <laughs> that bothered me more than the inclusion of girls. Almost like uh, the I have way an important that's... question: Is Hillsong a homophobic church? Oh, I'm getting there. Oh, good. Yeah, because like this is as awkward a search term as trying to sext someone and saying, "I would like to kiss and cuddle you." Which, by the way, That's something. is something Brian Houston once texted to a staff member at his church. Kiss and cuddle. Oh, yes. God, so gross. He did that between 2013 and 2019, and it was made public because one of his associate pastors said, we are investigating the fact that Brian Houston tweeted someone, if I was with, I'm sorry, texted someone, if I was with you, I would like to kiss and cuddle you. Words of that nature. That's Brian Houston right there. This is how he talks. Kiss and cuddle you. Yes. It's like weirdly non-sexual in a way that's so creepy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not sexually violent in and a I, way, which makes it worse. And I want to be clear. The reason I'm talking about this at length is not the kink shaming thing, because I could care less what this guy does well, in his Well, you just did a two-minute bit about I, how stupid it is. Yes. But 
the reason is the the hypocrisy here because Hillsong is famously homophobic. In 2015, Brian Houston posted on his church's website, we do not affirm a gay lifestyle. And we knowingly, they do not knowingly have actively gay people in positions of leadership. Mm -hmm. His church has been known for advocating conversion therapy. So he does not think it's okay. He, he wants to make clear he's fine with gay people. He just doesn't want you to act on it in any sort of way. Unless, unless you're doing it as a performative element for his are, pleasure. Unless you're a lady or a girl hmm. and he want to watch a lady or a girl, in which case he's not only okay with it, he wants a front row seat, allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. Look. It's so embarrassing. The hacking excuse was dumb. Gang. Like, just tell everyone, here's what he should have done. Wait for it. What he pressed tweet too soon because what he meant to write was ladies and girls kissing is a sin. Like that's, that's pretty good. He could have gone with that. Mm-hmm. Ladies and girls is a subject that I would not like to <laughs> see. Thank you very much. Like the problem isn't the subject. I Google that the, all the time. It's the hypocrisy of someone like him who thinks acting on homosexuality is a sin, but then privately enjoying it. It's almost and like they he, don't consider women whole human beings <laughs> who do things for their own pleasure and desires. Yeah. And like, if he had a healthier outlook on sex, this would not be nearly as embarrassing. I'm reminded there was a political writer who accidentally did something like this as well. Mm. He clearly was looking something up on an adult site, accidentally tweeted it, and he did then take the L and said, Yeah, guys, sorry. I know it's embarrassing. Sorry. I know what to tell you. And you know what happened? It was basically forgotten after that because, like, yeah, dog, you made a mistake. Well, and, and like, then everyone's like, yeah, all right, whatever. You're not a hypocrite about who it. Who among us ha- does not have an embarrassing Google search in their history that they would be embarrassed, whether it's sexual or just like, right. I don't actually know who the second president was, like that kind of thing. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it, it's okay to, like, it's okay to watch porn. It's okay to masturbate. It's okay to make stupid mistakes. But when you're this guy... You just have to take the... Just take... The thing is, they will never take ownership of anything. That's the thing that kills me, is, like, they have, like, violent outlooks and words, but, like, if something violent happens, like, oh, not on us, like... They have, they just absolutely, it's never their fault. It's never. like dealing with a toddler. Um, well, well, it's not my fault because this, that, and the other. Like, yeah. Brian Houston, no by the way, is working on a memoir in which he promises to be, quote, authentic and transparent and would no doubt require him to spend countless late nights in front of a computer screen, I'm just saying. Um, you know what I did find? Mm-hmm. I found a tweet from Brian Houston from November of 2023, and it says... When I delete tweets, it doesn't mean I regret sending them. It simply means they have served their purpose. Well, I mean, he got off, apparently. Oh, boy. Anyway. That's so embarrassing. Low stakes. It's so low stakes. No, I wish it was embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. It's hypocritical. Embarrassment is not the reason we are discussing No, I think embarrassing is the I got hacked thing. That's what I'm embarrassed for. I don't... Listen, women and girls kissing is a pretty fucking mild search term for a porn. <laughs> oh, I so know. We could have been so much better it than could, that. I know. But, uh. like, I truly, dude, it's, uh, take, I know I keep saying this, but just take the loss. Just take, you just sometimes have to eat humble pie. You just sometimes have to. You fuck up, you own up to it. Isn't that what y'all are all about? Is owning your mistakes? No, that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. They don't care about him. I forgot. All right. Let's talk about Texas. I don't want to. It's a bad bad. state. Uh, Earlier this month, a film crew from the Netherlands 
went into a public high school in Texas. Oh, boy. Part of the Keller Independent School District. And they began filming interviews with students. Which is weird, because usually if you're going to have a film crew in your school, you usually need parental consent forms. Yeah. Uh, You need a statement about why strangers are going to be in the building. Do we know what the doc is about, or is this the big reveal? I mean, we didn't. They didn't know that at the time either. So, like, wait, no so one this in the school building. just let random Norwegians into their into their school with cameras? Uh, Netherland people, yes. Yeah. Excuse me. Like, yeah, it, that's what it seemed like. Now, no one in the building seemed to know what was going on. The that's... principal did not take any action because the principal was out of the building that day. In fact, that's probably why the film crew was there that day. Huh. The only people who did know why the film crew was there were two school board trustees who came in with them, and that's why they were allowed in the building. Oh, Their geez. names are Sandy Walker and Micah Young. And the crew even filmed conversations between Sandy Walker and some of those students. And so as this is going on, with no notification everywhere, after news of all this began making the rounds, and students are like, why are there filmmakers in my school? Walker posted this note apologizing for the intrusion. This is Sandy Walker, a school board member. Uh, Keller ISD community. I recently participated in a foreign documentary focused on public schools in Texas. Some filming took place while students were present. I take safety and privacy of our students seriously. I apologize for allowing students to be captured on film. The district has taken steps to remedy the situation and ensure no students will appear on film. I will continue to passionately serve our students, educators, and staff of this great district. But none of that explained who yeah, the Yeah, that wasn't anything. Didn't explain what the interviews with kids were about. A lot of about, words, though. Uh, what the film would be about. Why she was so deceptive about everything. It did not explain the drones circling there the building drones. during dismissal. Like, they were getting overhead shots of the school. And Micah Young took a very similar approach. If I'm a <clears throat> Texas student and I see drones flying around, <laughs> I am taking cover. Yeah. Uh, Micah Young also issued a similar statement. I want to take a moment to address the recent presence of a film crew on a high school campus where I briefly assisted my colleague in an interview about Texas public schools. During the time that I was there, I did not observe any students being interviewed. I regret if any students were captured on film. My understanding is the district has been assured by the crew that no student will appear in the footage. The safety and privacy, blah, 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 is important to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. Hard to understand how these two people could regret students appearing on film when When they they were doing film crew into their school. And uh, the lady was doing interviews with students. Like, clearly, that was part of the project. It's also weird to say we will work together when on safety, when lack of transparency is why so many parents were frustrated with this. Um, Making matters worse, when people dug into who the film crew was. It was found that the group is an evangelical TV network that previously produced a film called God, Jesus, Trump, with commas in between. Okay. Which, which is all to say there's good reason to believe these filmmakers were producing right-wing propaganda, yeah. using teenagers without their parents' consent, mm. with the help of two school board members who deliberately circumvented rules in place to prevent exactly this sort of thing from happening. And if a left-wing media outlet oh did anything like this, can you imagine? They would have called the SWAT team. Uh-huh. They would have locked down this school and been like, there are domestic, there are terrorists in here. They are trying to give us health care. We hate it. <laughs> 
Uh, Sandy Walker actually wrote an essay for a right-wing media outlet a couple years ago where she claimed kids are off-limits when it comes to adults wanting to push their political ideology. Um, uh-huh. Well, so, well, okay. All right. So the superintendent of the district soon sent out a statement saying the district and board were not aware of any of this, even though Walker and Young, who are on the board, yeah, are yeah. clearly aware of all of this. And one reason we know all these details is because a parent named Lainey Hawes, who has kids in the district, explained her concerns in great length online. I tried getting in touch with her. I did not hear back from her. Mm -hmm. But she pointed out that the trustees allegedly lied to staff about the crew having permission to film in the building. Mm -hmm. The filmmakers had security badges giving them access to the space. (laughs) And so staffers had no reason not to believe them, especially when board members are walking around with them. Mm -hmm. But like, where did they get the security badges from? They didn't go through the protocol to get them. That's messed up. She also added that Walker and Young, who are, uh, they're, that are on the board, their candidacies were funded by a right-wing group called Patriot Mobile. It's like Mm. the phone company that's been very, very uh, powerful in Texas. Uh, These are two people who are also overheard disparaging trans kids Mm. uh, on camera and sneaking a banned book into the library to show on camera. And one of the trustees also snuck in through a side door. Oh, like that's how evasive. That's all above board. That's how evasive these people were. By the way, Sandy Walker in 2022, she invited a uh, rabbi named Mark Aaron Griffin to deliver an illegal a rabbi? a rabbi, but he's a Jesus-loving rabbi. He's Ew, one of those. Jesus for Jesus. To, to deliver an invocation prayer at a school board meeting, mm. which is illegal. Mm-hmm. There was no mention of the fact, by the way, that that rabbi was quote awaiting trial on four counts of sexual assault. Huh against a woman who he allegedly coerced into becoming his concubine. God, these people are fucking evil, aren't they? Jesus Christ. The things they accuse everybody else of when they're like, oh, yeah, but I'm actually trying to keep a harem of women. So, like, that's fine because it's straight and coercive. Um, But, you know, gay kids, nah. Mm -hmm. So since... Lainey Hawes' thread went viral. There's been some movement in the right direction because this past Sunday, Sandy Walker announced her resignation. Oh, yeah. she said, why? Dear Keller ISD community, over the last 20 months, I have had the privilege, yada, yada, yada. After <laughs> spending time in prayer, conversations with family and close friends, she doesn't have close friends. Nope. I have made the decision to resign from my position as a school board trustee. Yada, yada, yada. My faith oh. is in Jesus, and I can rest in the confidence of knowing his plans are good. Whatever. Bye. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that alone, that last bit, tells you why she's wholly unqualified to be yeah, on the school truly. board. She thinks after putting kids in harm's way that tossing out a Bible verse will shield her from criticism. Yeah. Uh, the other guy, however, has not resigned yet. Uh, Hawes said online... This is the guy who snuck in through the side door? Yep. Mm. Uh, The mother, Hawes, said online that we will exhaust all legal avenues if both of them don't step down. Good. The next board meeting is scheduled for February 29th. Mm. Uh, Should be very active based on the backlash so far because even conservative parents don't like weirdos just coming into their building and uh, talking to their kids for no reason. That's shady as fuck. Very shady. Very shady. So there's that. Interesting. I, I got one final story for you here. Um, This one is, I don't know if it's a good or bad story, but I'm glad it's being addressed. On January 30th, uh, in the House of Representatives, where they do 
opening prayers mm. that are separate from like invocation prayers that we hear at city council meetings. The opening prayer in the house was delivered by a guy named Jack Hibbs. Uh, nothing he said in this invocation was all that memorable. If I played you a clip, you would not think anything of it. Okay. But he did say in there, like, the day of judgment draws near, and everyone will, quote, answer to you, the great judge of heaven and earth. Which is weird, but, like, fairly generic sure. uh, invocation about Jesus. The problem was that this is Jack Hibbs. Um, and to deliver an invocation in the U.S. House, you have to be invited by a member of the House. And to be invited, you would presumably be vetted. And Jack Hibbs would not pass any sort of vetting, at least by any decent member of Congress. That's yeah. because Hibbs, he is the pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills in California. He downplayed COVID during the height of the pandemic. Good. He donned a combat helmet in a video to whine about how Christians were under attack. Mm-hmm. He held in-person mass baptisms <laughs> during the pandemic. He insisted that sin is 100% fatal and therefore deadlier than COVID. Mm-hmm. He also said that Kamala Harris, who at the time was just a Baptist senator campaigning with Joe Biden, mm. wasn't really a Christian. Oh, why? Uh, because she's, you know, Baptist. Black. black. Yeah, that's what he was getting at. Yeah. He later said Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi hold anti-Christ worldviews. That's Wait, true. Wait, I'm not done yet. Oh. He's an election denier. He's violated the Johnson Amendment. Mm. He says the Biden administration is, quote, pure, pure, Christless, godless evil. Wow. Uh-huh. Two pures? <laughs> yeah, mm. two pures. He's a science denier who claimed if evolution is true, there would be no such thing as what? What? Oh, monkeys? Homosexuality. What? Yeah. He blames the existence of trans people on demonism. He says God's judgment is on us, and it's evident through LGBTQ characters on the children's show Blue's Clues. He calls Islam a demonic doctrine being propagated by heretics. He says Jews and Israels could avoid the wrath of Hamas if they just turned to Jesus. Sure, that's the problem. Is that and, the Jews don't believe in Jesus enough. Yeah, and then he defended the insurrection by saying, this is what you get when you eject God from the courts and from the schools. Oh, and wait, oh, his God. church helped take over a local public school board, then use their majority to turn board, members in, uh, board meetings into church services, and then they lost in court because it was so bad. In short, He's a right-wing MAGA cultist who uses Christianity as a weapon to mm-hmm. hurt the vulnerable and the marginalized. So guess who recommended him to give the invocation? Oh, Christ. Is it Speaker of the House? It is Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. Wow. Uh-huh. Cool, 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 So cool, the reason cool. I bring all this up... These guys have neat friends. Uh-huh. The reason I bring all this up now, weeks after the fact, is that several members of Congress, led by Representative Jared Huffman, Mm. the humanist, Mm -hmm. they're speaking out against his selection. They want to know why chaplaincy guidelines allowed someone like him to speak when they have excluded others who passed every uh, vetting you could have done. The letter is signed by nearly two dozen representatives, including Jamie Raskin, Pramila Jayapal, Katie Porter, Ilhan Omar. Mm. It specifically says... Hibbs, who is referred to, by the way, as an ill-qualified hate preacher, should, quote, never have been granted the right to deliver the House's opening prayer, given his past statements. And then they bring the receipts, many of which I just mentioned to you. It also says his selection violated the office of the chaplain's own rules. They say, quote, Hibbs is not from the district. 
of Speaker Johnson. Speaker Johnson did not deliver a welcoming speech. The prayer was not delivered on the last legislative day of the week. Hibbs was Speaker Johnson's second sponsored guest chaplain in the span of a couple months, even though members are limited to one request per Congress, like per session. Moreover, in light of Hibbs' radical and divisive record, no reasonable person could view his invocation's sectarian references to holy fear, repentance, and national sins as meeting the chaplain's stated expectations for a prayer that is mindful of diversity, mm. transcends petty differences, and expresses a common aspiration to a just and peaceful society. Mm -hmm. They also point out that there was a member of the House, who recommended that atheist Dan Barker, who's the co-president of FFRF, mm -hmm. the Freedom from Religion Foundation, they recommended him because he is a, uh, like, he is a chaplain. He has the mm -hmm. paperwork to prove it. And, and they he's a great speaker. <laughs> and he's a great speaker. And then his member of Congress actually said, I want this guy to deliver uh, an invocation on behalf of me. Uh -huh. And the chaplain's office in 2016 said, no, nope, mm -hmm. for no reason. They nope. didn't offer any reason. So this group of Democrats, and they're all Democrats, they say, for all these reasons, we request a complete explanation of the process by which Pastor Hibbs was recommended, vetted, and approved, mm. including the reason why the chaplain waived those re basic requirements of the program for Hibbs, of all people. So it was sent to Speaker Johnson, as well as Reverend Dr. Margaret uh, Grun-Kibben, who is the official chaplain of the U.S. House mm. and whose job it is to do all this shit. They sent it to both of them. They also so it's the idea that she fell down on the job or just she was circumvented? One or the other. Okay. Like, if you did this, then tell us how you came to this decision. Sure. And they are supported by a number of organizations backing their letter. Mm -hmm. um, and so, again... I don't know if anything will come from this, but the fact that so many Congress members are challenging Christian nationalism it, this openly, sure. that's a good change of pace. Yeah. It should be appalling that their colleagues haven't signed on to this letter mm -hmm. and apparently then are perfectly fine with Hibbs setting the tone mm -hmm. for the business they were elected to do. But again, it's good to see it called out. It shouldn't have happened in the first place. It wouldn't have happened in the first place if this guy was anything but Christian. Mm -hmm. uh, but now that yeah, it truly. is, good for these Democrats for speaking out. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all I got. What a weird week. Uh -huh. Very strange. Um, I actually have stuff to talk about in the bonus. Um, yes. On Sunday, Mikey and I went to Starved Rock, uh, which is a Illinois state park about mm, 50 miles at, uh, away from here. Yeah. Um, we watched... A doc an HBO documentary called The Murders That Starved Rock Immediately Before, and I Ooh. have many thoughts on okay. the documentary because it was capital B, a bad, but huh. the story is very good and, okay. and moving. Um, what else? Uh, I had a very interesting conversation with friend of the show, Ross Blatcher from Ona, Ross, and Carrie about the Disney logo. Okay. Um, which I would like to talk about. Um, I might talk a little bit about my weekend. Oh, yeah? Uh, my coaching season is over. Oh, that's well. right. I haven't even congratulated you in real life yet. I just texted you. It's all good. Congrats, I'll talk buddy. about it then. Thank you. Um, we got a horse named Nick the Tank, and I have a video of him trotting, and his tummy is wiggling. So that was just... Didn't know that was possible. No, I didn't either. He's quite overweight, but I am in love with him. Um, and I watched... Uh, I don't, we don't necessarily have to talk about this, but I watched Percy Jackson over the weekend. Um, I read the book a billion years ago. 
really liked this series. I thought it was beautiful and very lush, and the cast was outstanding. So, anyway. All right. That's all I have. You can support this show oh, by yeah. going to <laughs> patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast. Email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for all the story tips you send along and any thoughts you have about the show. And You can always leave us a review on... Um, On the iTunes. Oh, this one is... Oh, I just posted this up on my Facebook wall. Great content. This is from T-Rex Loves Sugar Cereal. Five stars. This podcast covers so much topics that I find interesting. I do really like both hosts. I'm a Patreon supporter. I just... Ugh. I just wish Jess were less hacky and unself-aware. It's the same loud responses slash interruptions constantly. If this doesn't change somehow, maybe less loud interruptions slash singing, I'm going to beep bop boop my way out of Patreon subscription. I'll still listen, but I'm not giving my money when I'm annoyed at half of the episode. Five stars. <laughs> so, Thanks. Question mark? Yeah, I'm definitely going to change my entire personality to hang on to this guy's $3 a month. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Appreciate the honest feedback. I love the... Ugh, I just wish. Like, dude, come the fuck down. Are you out of your mind? You have so much time that you're whining about a podcast that you don't have to pay for? Christ, sorry, dude. Sorry, your free entertainment has Yeah, I'm up. so sorry. I'm a full <laughs> human being with flaws. But I'll go ahead and work on, you know, my personality. Love it. How about that? How about that? Anyway, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.